Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. I'm recording this from a daycare center. What do you get? Nursery school? I don't know. Some kind of thing. I'm in the parking lot. I'm sitting in my car, not because I'm a pervert, but because I, my son, this is the first day. This is a big day. The first day I'm leaving him alone with other people. We're, uh, we're trying to, we, we got a new baby coming. So we're trying to find a way that uh, little Sam can have his own space, maybe get a little more independence, you know, meet some other kids. So he's, he's like two and a half now. So now it's time. We want him to, to make the transition before the new baby comes because we don't want the new baby to show up and then be like shoving him out the door. See you later. You're old hat now. We got, we got a new one. It's fresher. See you later, old man. We don't want to do that. So we want to get him used to these, this, uh, I don't know, man. I'm just, do I sound like I'm in a good mood? Because I'm not. I'm just, I'm just sitting here in the parking lot waiting for, I, I, I tried to make them text me. I'm like, I'm sitting in the parking lot and you text me if things start going bad. And they already hate me. They're, they're already like, yeah, just. We know how to do this. I'm like, I don't think you do. Just because you've been doing it for 15 years and you have 20 kids every single month coming in, transitioning from being at home to hanging out at your day. I don't think you know your job. I'm going to tell you how to do it. It's, I don't know. Today was, it's the only problem is today was a bit of a chaos day. They were having like a family fundraiser, which I did not contribute to because yeah, this is my first day. Uh, now I got to give you more money. I just gave you a pile of money, right? But now I feel kind of bad. I feel like I should put some money in, but I don't know how to do that. Just, I got like a $20 bill on me. Just hand them cash. Like some kind like there's some kind of hobo on the street. Here's, here's 20 bucks. Happy fundraiser, right? Anyway, because of the fundraiser, they had a big trike race with all the kids. And it was all cute and blah, blah, blah. But it was loud and all the parents showed up. So it was like a fucking circus here. And my boy started shutting down. He's like, I want to go home. I'm like, yeah, me too. Me too, Sam. But we signed up for this shit. And your mother, she won't let me take you home. I want to. My wife has been pushing for this. And she's right. I know she's right. But, you know, I don't like doing what's right. When there's something that I can do that's easy. And what's easy is staying home and playing hockey in the hallway with my boy. That's what he likes to do. Now I'm giving them to strangers. Let me check my text message. I don't know how, how well I'm going to be able to do this podcast. Checking. Oh, she did write me. Doing amazing, she said. Okay, hold on. I'm going to write her back. Going to write her back, guys. I, how do you text in one hand while you hold the microphone? I could pause. I'm going to say, yay, yay. And I will say this. I don't know if you're like me, but you make every situation worse. But um, not only am I telling them how they should be running their business, I also did it mostly with my zipper down. At least I think. I went to the washroom, you know, well after the race, and I, I think the zipper was down. I just Now, luckily, I'm wearing a sweater, so I'm pretty sure it was covering it up. But still, is that the way to meet all the parents? Because they were all there for the trike race. Oh, my God. Right? I'm just, I'm the worst. But he's doing amazing, guys. My wife probably right again. Look at him. They took these pictures, and he's playing with other kids. Oh, we were getting in his way the whole time, apparently. Well, that's fine. I'll just sit in the car here. My boy doesn't need me anymore.
Yeah. Anyway, I was talking to these other parents and they said they dropped their kid off and she was like, bye. She never, no transition period at all. She wasn't upset one little bit and they were actually kind of bummed about it. They were like, you could be a little sad that we're leaving you. She was like, no, go fuck yourself. So you know what? I won't be sad if Sam is like that. I really won't be because he's just, he's an introverted kid. I would like him to be, you know, a little more gregarious, a little more outgoing. I don't want him to be like me is what I'm saying. I want him to go out, have a good time, meet some people, have some fun, to keep his zipper all the way up. I want this kid to succeed in life. Now, I want him to be like his mom, not like his stand-up comedian, shit joke, slewing father. Right? Oh, speaking of that, guys, are we going to get into that already? figured I'd talk about the boy more. I'm sure I'll talk about it after. But uh, just for laughs. Oh, my goodness gracious. Howie Mandel and just for laughs. They almost killed Canadian comedy. No joke. Everybody. That's a, That was the headline that all these newspapers were. Because uh, this became a really big story up here in Canada. Uh, comedians aren't laughing. It is no joke that they're losing their income. And uh, so what happened was... Comics make no money in Canada. You guys know that. We're poor as dirt, right? Uh, if I wasn't married, then I'd be, uh, you know, hanging out with seven roommates. That, that's how stand-up comedy works here in Canada. And something crazy happened uh, about eight years ago, which was Sirius XM came in, the satellite radio. And there's a Canadian comedy station. They play Canadian comedy independent albums. And um, we make a lot of money. A lot of money. We make... A lot of money relative to stand-up comedy. Some of us are not even below the poverty line anymore. But a lot of comics were actually able to quit their jobs, uh, work on comedy full-time. Again, they still have roommates. We're not talking about people making six figures here. But their people were making enough to get by, you know? Like, um, And then what happened was uh, Just for Laughs, which is owned by Howie Mandel and ICM Partners in Los Angeles and also Bell Media up here in Canada, they own a... Uh, stake as well. They uh, just took our station. They just took it. They called it Just for Laughs Radio, and they uh, took off all the independent albums and started playing their own shit, which I find really weird in that you're the curator of the content because they were just, they were brought on to curate the content. It's not like they own the radio station. Sirius XM owns the radio station. So the people choosing the material that gets on a station were choosing their own material. So they were paying themselves because you get royalties. If I haven't explained that, this is how we make our money. We get royalties off them playing our album on satellite radio. And uh, then now, just for last, they took all the royalties. And they said they were still going to play some independent albums. But that was some and how many hours are in a day, right? We were all basically, we all went from making a living, a modest living, to not making a living at all. Because like the royalties made up 75% of my salary, for real. So and, and most comedians were in the same boat. If not, more of their money was from there. You know, at least I gig around a fair bit compared to some of the guys. So honest to fuck, right? We were, oh my goodness, have I ever, you guys, long-time listeners of the podcast, you know I'm not active. You know, you know I, I don't have any kind of um, I don't know what you'd call it. Uh, concern for the world. I'm not, I'm not out there. I'm not protesting. I'm not, but when they did this shit, man, oh man. Oh buddy, did I get involved? 
I, I was on the social media for, for three straight days and I uh, like tweeting it out. We, we all, all the comics, they organized a town hall meeting. There was like a couple hundred of us there and then other people were Skyping in or whatever. It was like 600 comics across Canada. And we were all like, you all go fuck yourself because they're just this giant corporation that just make million. Not only do they make millions of dollars a year just for laughs, they get uh, government grants, millions in government grants to put off their festivals and put off their tours. And then they, they always say they promote Canadian talent. That's one of the reasons they get these government grants from the Canadian government. And instead, what happens is they promote American acts and people from Australia and people from the UK. And that's who they were playing on the radio station now. United States acts, UK, uh, Australian, fucking unbelievable. It's like, it used to be called, the station used to be called Kenda Laughs, and it was all Canadians, 100%. And then they went, and they took over the fucking thing. Oh, man, did we get pissed off. We wrote letters to the CRTC, which is, you know, the the um, governing body, the, uh, whatever it's called, the Canadian, I don't know, something. Look it up if you give a shit. <laughs> It's just, it's over now, so I'm less invested. I don't know the terms as well as I did a week ago. But um, it's over, you say? What happened? They caved. They caved. Like, I am just blown away. The fact that just for last, they reversed their decision entirely. They said they were sorry for upsetting the Canadian comedy community. More like they were sorry for the PR, the bad PR they were getting. I just, I mean, who knows? Let's... If maybe if you're an optimist, you think that Just for Laughs is not... They didn't realize they were fucking over Canadian comedians for the last, I don't know, umpteen years. And when it was brought to their attention, they're like, Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know you guys cared about, you know, eating and having a place to live. We, I, we're sorry. So um, I don't take I don't take their sorry very seriously. I don't think... I think they had they had full knowledge of what they were doing and they did it anyway and they expected nobody to say anything and we said a lot. We were uh, uh some Canadian comics in Edmonton they they uh boycotted their Just for Life showcase every year Just for Life does showcases for the comics in Canada to see who goes to their festival to do a couple of little shitty shows that nobody cares about while uh they use us as filler between their big American acts, and that's exactly what they do. Pay our American acts a huge ton of money, promo them out the yin-yang, and uh, put Canadians in little slots that nobody gives a shit about to fill their Canadian content quota. But hey, hey, just for laughs, they've turned a new leaf, guys. Huh? They're gonna be, they're just, they're gonna celebrate Canadian talent from now on. Now that we threatened to get their festival in trouble. Because we, we not only were we writing letters to the CRTC about uh, XM Radio, about whether or not this was uh, something that was okay. We were saying you went, you, you did a format change, you're, you're playing your own stuff, you're, you're talking about it being a Canadian content radio station and you're playing mostly Americans from your old catalog. Oh, buddy. And we were, talk, we were starting to go into the diversity thing. Hot button issue. Comics aren't stupid. We were well, most of us are. But we were some some people made a smart suggestion saying, you know, if they're playing their 
back catalog of 20, 30, uh, 20 years ago, which they really were, that it's mostly going to be old white guys, and it's not going to be shown the diversity, the new the new diversity that's out there, the transgendered and uh, and the the homosexuals and the the, the the I don't the transvestites and the just you know you know how the kids are all free these days, they're all running around with. They're not labeling themselves, or they are. I don't really know what they're doing. But I do know that gender is a whole, it's a whole complicated mess right now. And everybody's like, you know, you just got to accept it. And I was like, yeah, that's right. Just do, do whatever you want to do. That's what I've always said about life. Who gives a fuck, right? Just do whatever you want to do. Call yourself whatever you want to call yourself. You know, you know, put your lips on whatever you want to put your lips on. Go right ahead. You know? I don't give a shit, but the thing is that that brand of comedy, that's pretty new. You know, these people are finally speaking out. You know, there there's people of color. Uh, I don't know if that's yeah, right. Yet that's that's the term, the people of color, and then the um, the diverse groups out there. You know, the the random sexualities, whatever there, and you didn't hear any of that on um, twenty years ago, just for laughs, because it was a different time back then. So we were going to go down that road going, hey, where's your diversity? What's happening? Huh? Is this is this the way we want to represent? Oh, we were going there because we knew. Wait till those stories hit the fan. Right. I, I tell you why you you like you start saying, uh, hey, where's the representation for the ladies? Huh? Uh, there's, there's not very many ladies on your radio station. Then what? Then they're fucked. I'll tell you what. Hold on, I'm gonna check my text message once again. Um, still no, no text. All right, I'll continue on with the podcast. But I'll tell you what. It's it's kind of a nice thing that well, it's more than a nice thing that happens. It's fantastic because I was thinking, even though we all lost all our money, at least we're all coming together in solidarity. Because comedians, we're not we're we're a caddy group. You know, there's uh, mo- most of it is hate. You know, jealousy, insecurity is what it really is. You know, you're always worried that you're not good enough or somebody else is better than you. Or you know, in my case, it's just simply that, you know, maybe people don't like me. Maybe maybe my comedy is not quite good enough. You know, maybe if I was better, everybody would like me. But even people I know that everybody thinks are the cat's ass, that are the best comics in the world, they, ha- they have those same thoughts, the same thoughts that I have, which is, you know, maybe I'm just, maybe everyone hates me. So you got to try to get over that, but it's difficult. And in terms of, you know, your coworkers and your, you know, quote unquote friends, sometimes it's hard to get along with people because we all share those insecurities. At least most of us do. And those who don't share those insecurities, oh man, us insecure people, we totally hate those people. The problem is, is that you never know who the actually secure people are. You know, if I'm uh, insecure, I might just think you're super confident, but in fact, you're not. In, in fact, there are people who think I'm confident. Those people are wrong. I am not. But what was crazy is we all came together. We came together. We hung out. We rallied. We actually, we actually went somewhere as a group. And we started talking about protests in that goddamn festival. You know, like the, like the Edmonton comics, they... they protested their showcase they didn't do it at all and in other comics they started canceling their showcases and just for life started going oh, okay what's going on 
Why are you guys so mad? We're like, you took you took everything from us. Like the thing is, I've I've often thought that the Just for Laughs hasn't been great for Canada, certainly in the last decade. I don't think it really treats Canadian talent very well. And you will hear a lot of comedians say the same thing. I'm one of those guys. But the problem is, is that it sounds like sour grapes, right? It sounds like because they don't pick you for their festival, because they're not highlighting you, that you're just being an asshole. You're like, oh, you don't like me? Well, I think you're bad for the Canadian economy and the Canadians in general. And the comedians, you just you sound like you're a whiner. But now I was just to watch everybody just being galvanized. And I'm like, see, this is what I've been saying, but I've been afraid to say it because I didn't want to look like somebody who's like, Meh, I'm just mad because they don't pick me. But that's the thing. He's like, I don't get it. had gotten to the point where, OK, you don't want me for your festival. All right. I don't, whatever. I was over it. I had moved on. And then and then they just came in and took my money. What? What? What do you mean? Yeah, I, I just, I couldn't believe it. Like, how did you get into my world? You were over there, and I was over here. They were, I, I do comedy. I, and you, I, I have an album. They're playing it. What do you mean you own the the ability to play my stuff? I didn't sign up for your fucking festival. I just, I couldn't believe it. It just, and I can't get past the fact that they were playing their own catalog so heavily. It's like there's a there's actually a comic is the guy who normally he used to program the Canada Laughs, the one channel 168 is what I'm talking about. And um, he used to program that. And I, I was explaining it to somebody the other day. I was like, it'd be like if that comedian who was programming all of the content being aired just put his own album on a loop, you know? And the guy was like, yeah. That is exactly what it was like. It'd be like, so the, the comedian, he would be basically paying himself because he would be getting all those royalties by playing his own album 24-7. So if they're playing their own content, they're paying themselves. So that's why we're like talking to the C- CRTC going, this ain't right, of telecommunications. The Canadian reg- regulations of telecommunications, probably, that's probably it. Something like that. But anyway, I got involved, unfortunately, not being very smart. I led people astray. I uh, I phoned the CRTC. And I'm like, hey, how do we complain about this? And they said to me, oh, that's the CSBC, the Canadian Standards of Broadcasting Cunts. And the CSBC, I complained to them. And I told all of the comedians on Facebook, I'm like, hey, everybody, just called the CRTC. And they said, complain to the CSBC. And everyone was like, oh, way to go, Mark. Thanks for finding out that information. Then they all started emailing. I got an email like two days ago saying, hey, you don't contact the CSBC. You contact the CRTC. What are you, stupid? And uh, so I'm glad it was resolved before they started sending out those emails because uh, the, the comics would have been looking at me going, hey, thanks a lot, fuckface. You led us astray yet again. This is why we ask you not to get involved in shit, Mark. You just, we want you quiet, sitting in a daycare center parking lot. Just minding your own business. Don't try to help. Okay?
But let me tell you something. The idea that we changed it. I, I, I like you. If you guys, to try to put it in perspective, it'd be like if you sued, you know, Microsoft. Like, Just for Laughs is comedy in Canada. They own it all. It's almost a complete monopoly at this point. And we were just, all of us just independent friggin' sewer rats going, hey, you can't do that. And I was sure nothing would happen. But we got together. I tell you what, I've been bleating on about this culture of outrage that you, you, you tweet something and then all of a sudden, you know, people lose their job or everybody's, you know, people got pitchforks and shit. And I've been saying that this is, it's gone too far. But let me tell you something. This played out in our favor today. Oh, my goodness gracious. That is fantastic. Hold on. I'm going to check my, my phone one more time. Oh, my God. I dropped my phone. What if he's been crying for me ever since? Okay. She hasn't written back. All right. We're 20 minutes. We've left the kid for 20 minutes. And, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes. All right, guys, what else do I have to tell you? I have to tell you, uh, the just for last thing, I mean, if I had recorded this earlier, it would have been a much longer story. But uh, I don't want to bore you with it. All I'm saying is maybe if you really feel an injustice has happened, you can do something about it. And I got to say, like, in my 40s, I really thought that that wasn't a thing. I thought that that was just something 20-year-olds said and, uh, you know, they never got any action done. But this this day and age, you know, with all the social media, you publicly shame someone enough, you sometimes good things happen. Anyway, get out there. Shame people. You know, for the right reasons. We were in the right on this one. We were in the goddamn right. Oh, buddy. Man, I had three full days of outrage, and that's that took a lot out of me. I have never been dedicated to anything for three full days. Speaking of dedicated to anything, um, I guess it's not true. Maybe I've turned the new leaf, me and Just for Lives, because I'm becoming dedicated now. Maybe, maybe this thing, this protest... It was the thing I needed to give myself a kick in the ass to go, you know what, man? If you buckle down, you can do some shit. Did you know that? Because I've started an insane diet. Now, you guys have heard me bleed on about long-time listeners of the podcast. You guys know I've been talking about my bones, how bad they are, how not only are they bad, they've gotten really, really bad in the last year. As I've been, I've been seeing an endocrinologist and she's been giving me treatment, which is a phosphorus pill. And I think that phosphorus pill is making me worse. So, you know, long story short, horrible osteoporosis, lost 7% of my spine in the last year alone. And it was already very, very low, the density in my spine and everywhere else. But my spine particularly is going downhill for some reason, which the endocrinologist does not know. She does not know that reason. Which is comforting. Anyway, so I'm like, I got to do something about this. And uh, I'm trying to, so I was trying to do maybe the no-carb diet. You know, just, just because obviously I got something wrong with my guts. If I can't absorb anything, then, you know, there's something wrong. Leaky gut, I don't know what you want to call it. Shitty gut. So um, when it comes to your shitty guts... Chances are what's bothering you is some kind of carbohydrate, 
whether it's gluten or some kind of wheat or fucking sugar or whatever it is, processed stuff, something's going wrong. So I was looking at the keto, and they say the keto diet, which I made fun of my brother the other day. Well, it was a few podcasts ago for sure. But I was saying that my brother was trying to do this keto diet and having steak wrapped in bacon, that can't possibly be good for you. But it turns out he might be onto something. So like autoimmune diseases, uh, some of them can be cured apparently with this keto. And some of it is the fact that it is uh, just no carbs and so no food that maybe your stomach is struggling with. So you have less inflammation, you know, and you, you, you know, I think that's how it goes, right? And then there's also another thing where you use fat. Once you get in ketosis, you start burning fat as your fuel instead of carbohydrates. Apparently that does great things for your brain and your body in general. And, um, and then there's one more thing that might be able to help, and that is fasting, all right? If you fast for 16 hours a day, so you eat, you have an eight-hour window to eat, and you can eat whatever you want. That's, that's what these fasting people say. But you, you take 16 hours a day off eating. And apparently, that can uh, just eliminate all kinds of cancers. Uh, you, of course, you look better because you're, you're burning your fat. You know, it helps you get stronger. It helps you, and it helps you release human growth hormone, which apparently human growth hormone is very essential in bone building. So I'm like, all right, okay, let's do that. Let's do the keto and the fasting, because fuck it, right? I organized some kind of protest, you know? Sure, sure, I was wrong about some stuff, about where I should be complaining, but, uh, you know, I protest. I can do this. Let's do it all at once, is what I said. And that now, But now I'm looking into keto, and it is fucking complicated, right? You got to be measuring shit. It's a high-fat, moderate-protein, no-carbohydrate diet. And I'm like, okay. And you got to be doing cooking and measuring spoons and all that. But then, as you guys know, I have been talking about this carnivore diet. Now, remember, remember, I this is coming from a vegan. Two years of a vegan and a third year of a vegetarian. So three years of no meat whatsoever is what I've been doing. And uh, so I didn't take this decision lightly. And I'm not a fan of it, okay? Nobody do this unless you're like me and you have an incurable disease that nobody seems to be able to help you with. Then go for it, for fuck's sake. You got to stay alive. And that's the thing. I I hate the idea of, of eating the animals. I don't like the texture. I don't like the food. Honest to God, it's been three years and I don't like it anymore. I really don't. It's been a struggle. But I've been doing, I've been doing this fucking carnivore diet, eating nothing but meat, and it sucks. I know some people are like, oh, it sounds amazing. It doesn't. Just eating steaks every day. And remember, no barbecue sauce, no anything. Because this carnivore diet, what they want is basically beef and salt and water. That's your diet. And I, it, that's way worse than keto, no doubt. But the thing is about it is... Uh, it was easier than keto because I know what I buy every day. I know what I eat every day, and it makes it simple. What I'm going through is hard enough, right? The 16-hour fasting, the, the, the cutting out all the carbohydrates, at least if I do the carnivore diet, I just keep it nice and fucking simple. You eat 
some red meat, and that's it, you know? And you start eating at about 1 o'clock, you stop eating at, what is it, 9 o'clock, and then that's it, man. That's it. It's pretty easy. And I've been doing it since Friday. What's today? Today is Wednesday. Wednesday, the day I dropped off my son. It was first day of school. I, I, I like we we have a little backpack. He had a backpack, and um, where where we put his diapers and and all that shit that they need here at the facility in case you know he takes a dump or whatever or he needs a stuffed animal. And so I put his backpack on my back, and then he wanted his little like his little toddler backpack that we have for him. And so you know I'm trying not to cry, but we're we're, we're walking down the hallway of our of our apartment building, and I've got my backpack on. He's got his little backpack. First day of school, basically. And he puts on his little backpack. Oh. Oh, I wish we were playing hockey in the hallway. But you know what? It's good for him. My wife is right. She's always right. She also told me maybe the CSBC was not the place to complain to. Whatever. She also tells me, always check your zipper. You're always leaving it down. I said, whatever. Oh, good God. I am drinking the electrolytes. I will say this. You know, people get this keto flu, apparently. So if you have no carbohydrates, your body basically reacts like you had the flu. You get diarrhea. You get headaches. You sometimes fever, chills, and you get uh, you feel like you have the flu. And I didn't want that, you know. So I just, I've been drinking the electrolytes, the carbohydrate. And I tell you, guys, my, the first couple of days were awful. Just awful. My wife's like, you're you're an asshole. I'm like, oh, I haven't had a carbohydrate in two days. I was angry. It's 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 a rough day or two. But after that, I started to get back to my normal self. And now, I tell you, what am I? Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Day six. I don't know. It feels oh pretty okay. I have my energy back. I haven't eaten at all today. It is now 10.54 in the morning. I haven't eaten after I take my little boy back. I'm going to uh, get a couple of steaks, you know, and I'm sorry, vegetarians and vegans out there. I, look, I, I, it's just, I'm, I'm fully aware of what I'm doing. First of all, I'm buying uh, good meat. I'm buying, it's, it's New Zealand meat. I go to the Healthy Butcher in Toronto, and uh, it's all grass-fed grass-finished beef, you know, that treated humanely. That's what they all promise. I mean, I know, I know, take it with a grain of salt, but, uh, hey, grain of salt, take it with a lot of grains of salt if you don't want to get the ketosis flu. So, um, I and, and also that type of meat apparently is better for you with the antibiotics and the whatever. And I'll say this, I'm no fucking uh, what, advocate for this diet. I don't like it. I don't think it's going to work long term. What I'm doing it for is a is a cleanse, you know, a meat cleanse. But that is technically what I'm doing. So what I'm doing is I'm just giving myself, I'm going to try to make it 30 days. Although on day six, I don't know if I can do 30. My wife got fucking Pizza Hut the other day. Pizza Hut is my favorite thing. Jesus Christ. Oh, smells so good. All I wanted was the pizza. And if I was on the fasting diet, which is what I, I think that's what I'll revert to. The fasting diet, you just fast for 16 hours. You can eat Pizza Hut if you want. 
you can. They say you can eat whatever you want. They say, try to eat healthy. And I'm like, I'll try. But you said whatever I want. And I want Pizza Hut. So 30 days, though, I'm going to try to do this fasting slash carnivore diet. Because I'm going to give, apparently, it, it's it's in your small intestine that meat is absorbed fairly easily. So it, it lets your large intestine uh, get its gut flora back repair itself and your small intestine will also repair itself because it's only digesting meat and you all your food allergies and all that stuff that maybe those will go away and uh because your stomach is strong again like it was when you were a baby or i don't know what you know so you get you you get a better gut microbiome or whatever the science is and so i'm going to do this for 30 days if i can and then I'm going to switch to the fasting diet. And uh, maybe I'll start getting my bones back. Some people stay on this fucking, like this, like I say, I'm no advocate. It's like these, this guy, Dr. Sean Baker. Oh, Jesus Christ, that guy. He's the, he's the big guy for this carnivore diet. This fucking guy. First of all, he looks like garbage. Sorry, Sean. I know you're a long-time listener to the podcast. But like, he's, got all, he's got a red face. You know, all his hair's falling out. Yes, he's 50, you know, but... And he's, he's, he's muscular, but some some 50-year-olds are muscular, and they're not all just on a carnivore diet. He's like, yeah, I've been on a carnivore diet for like a... And, and he says he's a, he's a world record holder in, the, in in rowing. I was like, oh, that's that's pretty good. World record holder in rowing. And he eats nothing but meat, apparently. Nothing but uh, red meat. And I started looking up the guy. Do you know what the rowing record is? It's it's a a rowing machine. And a specific type. He is a world record holder in like the CRX2 rowing machine um, for his category of 50 and up. And I'm like, oh, all right. Come on now. World record. He calls himself a world record holder in rowing. You can only only use that meat diet. Meat meat cures everything. Yeah? Well, you, you look like a turd just... A sunburnt turd. That's what you look like with your red face and your wispy hair and your fucking, you're a world record holder in a specific gym equipment machine for ages 50 and up. Hey, go fuck yourself. Who's, has there, has anyone even tried to break that record besides you? So these people who are like, oh, it's, it changes your life, blah, blah, blah. No, I mean, I, I, how could it long-term, eating nothing but red meat, it will kill you. It's got to. And I'm aware of that. All I'm doing is I'm trying to do a stomach reset, you know, in, in the best way I can think of. And because my bones are shit, the best way I can think of is tons of red meat. You know, you get lots of shit in there. Get, get all your essential amino acids in, in big, you know, fucking quantities. You know, start making yourself some of that uh, that creatine, you know, and get get your HGH levels up, right? Get your testosterone pumping. You know, and this way I can also work out a little bit harder at the gym. You know what I mean? So, uh, all right, I'm going to check my phone again. I keep dropping it here. My poor boy. No text message. No text message. All right. All right, we'll stay calm. This was our, our plan. Our plan with the kid was today my wife was going to come with him and then leave him. And I said, I don't know. 
I mean, he likes me and all, but he gets, he's really attached to his mother for some fucking reason. And so I figured maybe if she left him, he'd be more upset. Me, he's like, all right, whatever. I'll see that guy again soon. Let him go out to the car with his fly down, yelling into a microphone. Yeah, Sam gets it. So um, we left her home, and I dropped him off. And the plan might be working. Doing amazing. Just looking at the little pictures again. Okay. Guys, this is a big week, man. Big, big fucking week. We got uh, a reversal of the Just for Laughs decision, the one where they took all of my money. We got uh, dropping the kid off at daycare. And uh, I'm eating the worst diet in the world. How, like, oh boy. I tell you what, the fogginess the first couple of days, so foggy, so tired, so hungry. Because they're like, eat till you're satiated. Eat till you're satisfied. Eat what your body's been craving, the meat. These fucking people. Oh my God. Like, people too far on any extreme are the worst vegans who are you know on the extreme they're the worst but so are these fucking meat eaters oh change your body's been craving we're meant to be animals we're meant to they're just do you think your ancestors with the hunters and gatherers if i hear hunter and gatherer one more fucking time first of all gatherer is in there you know what they gathered berries and shit and hunter hunter and gatherer those people died in their 20s, all right? Be, anybody who is linking what, what we're doing now to prehistoric times needs to be punched in the fucking face. You're, those people, they died of diarrhea, all right, when they were 23 years old, and that was the oldest guy in the tribe. All right, look at that guy. He made it till he was 23 before he had diarrhea. Maybe he wasn't eating raw meat. It's just, honest to God, we're hunter-gatherers. You can tell by our teeth. Shut your fucking mouth, all right? Shut your hunter-gatherer mouth. You don't know what you're talking about. Dr. Sean Baker, I, I also read that uh, he's not a doctor anymore. He got his medical license revoked. So, uh, doc, doc, I'm a world record holder in rowing, and I'm a doctor, and I look great. You look like garbage, you're not a record holder in anything that makes a difference, and you're not a doctor. And this is this is the spokesman. This is what I'm telling you guys. I'm doing this begrudgingly. I'm just doing it because I have tried everything else. All right? Did the vegan thing, vegetarian thing, listened to the doctor's orders, and I got fuck all to show for it. In fact, I've got less than fuck all. My spine is a, is a wispy hair. It's like a horse's mane. That's all my spine is. Now you can see right through it. So fuck it. I'll do this diet that I don't like. And then when I have the reset button, boom, back to eating Pizza Hut. I'll try to eat healthier, but you know, you know what I'm saying. And now with the kid going to daycare, I will be able to go to the gym more consistently. Huh? That's a pretty big win. So all I'm saying is, guys, go out there. You do your own research. Uh... But don't just rely on your own research. As the CSBC thing showed you, sometimes you're wrong. And I could be wrong about this diet. Sure. I don't know. 
but don't listen to anybody who's fanatical about anything because they're fucking, they're just seeing red. They, they, they can't settle down and be a normal person and figure out what's, you know, what people are trying to say. They're just flipping out one way or the other. No, you got to eat nothing but meat. Meat's the way to go. No, of course it's not. You got to eat nothing but plants. If you eat, if you eat, do anything else, you're a horrible person. Not necessarily. You know, if, if a vegan was mad at me right now, I'd be like, look, dude, what do you want me to do? All right? My, I'm basically, I'm friggin' just going full force into a wheelchair here. And, uh, you're like, would you kill, would you stab an animal and eat it? Yes. The answer is yes right now. I would, I don't want to. I would love to eat this vegan diet, but my last three years for my bones have been really bad. So if the vegan diet is not helping me, then I'm going to try something else. And if that means I got to go stab a cow in the head and then eat that cow, then that's what you, you do. You would do what you can do to survive. If you're a vegan out there and you're willing to die, you're willing to go get into a wheelchair for the first few years, then die of some kind of bone disease, as opposed to eating apparently a humanely raised cow from New Zealand, if you if you are willing to die instead of doing that, go ahead. But you're a, you're a better person than me. All right, I'm I'm going to try to stay alive. I've got a I've got a two year old son who doesn't need me anymore. I guess I can die. No, I got a new baby coming. He needs me, right? Even though this other one apparently doing great. If you're willing to die for that, I mean, hats off to you. But I am not. You, you, it, it's like, you know, if the zombie apocalypse happened, you know, and you had to kill animals to survive, that's what you'd do. And right now, this is where I am. And I'm not doing it as an excuse so I can eat delicious baby back ribs. Nothing I'm eating is delicious. There's no barbecue sauce. There's no spices. There's no anything. It's awful. And I hate it. And, and, and like, the chewing gives me a headache because the meat, the meat is tough because I'm not buying fancy cuts of meat. I'm not buying uh, whatever it's called, ribeye, because that costs $30 a steak. So I'm buying top sirloin, which is not the cheapest, but it's not that expensive. I got to try to cut costs somewhere. I mean, if you were buying enough ribeye to satiate yourself for every day, then that is fucking a shit ton of money. I'm not doing that. Oh, man. The podcast should be over now, but it's just I have some more time. I have some more time because it's only 11.06, and I'm not supposed to pick them up till 11.30. Oh, I don't know what to do. Maybe I'll just keep talking to you guys. So what's going on with you? Hey, what's happening? Oh, I guess I can tell you about the other baby, right? The other baby is uh, small, okay? He's uh, on the eighth percentile, which is not great. My wife, uh, her C-section was scheduled for March 25th. She had a scheduled C-section for you friggin' hippy-dippies out there. Like, you can't schedule the C-section. Never eat meat. When you have, she had complications with her last one. It was an emergency C-section. So go fuck yourself. All right? You can deliver it naturally. 
So the second one they recommend, the doctors recommended, we'll do a C-section again. So we listen to the doctors. We're not insane. The only reason, and I'm still listening to my endocrinologist. Don't get me wrong. I'm still taking the phosphorus meds that she gave me. I'm just, I'm thinking if there's anything I can do on my end that might help me. Maybe, maybe if I fix my gut, I'll absorb this phosphorus medication properly. I'll have the right balance of calcium and phosphorus, and I'll get my bones back. Anyway, that's enough about the bones. So, we listen to the doctors, and they're saying, not only does she need a C-section, that maybe we have to do it early now. Anything under the 10th percentile, they think, ah, there must be something wrong. We're going to take the baby out a little early, right? And um, so, my wife has a checkup next week. And if the baby's still below the 10th percentile, then we're going to, I'm going to be a a father again earlier than expected. But I think we're moderately ready. We're as ready as we can be. I'm sure there'll be a bunch of shit we forgot. Oh, my God. I just realized I don't have the car seat in because I'm sitting in the back of the Volvo here. And uh, this is where the baby car seat should be. I really should have that in. You know, if we had to run to the hospital, if my wife goes into labor early, which can happen, when you got a small baby, they often come early on their own. We have no car seat in this car to take that baby back from the hospital. Christ, I got to put it in that car seat. That's what I should have done. I should have taken the car seat with me instead of doing this fucking podcast. Because that would take me a good hour and a half to install that shit. I don't know if you've installed a car seat. It's fucking impossible. It's impossible. I got my son's car seat in here. I'm sure it's dangerous. There's no, if, if one of those firefighters or whatever looked at it, apparently you can take the car seat to a, a fire hall or, or a police station and they will tell you whether or not you've installed it correctly. They will tell me I did not, I am sure. But uh, I did my best. I watched some YouTube videos, right? I got to put in that fucking car seat. Anyway, we'll put in, we got the new baby. It's exciting times. You know, I got the other one. He's all grown up now. I'm glad I got my money back, right? I, I guess I phoned my uh, my accountant brother-in-law, and I'm saying to him, okay, this is going to be the best year I've ever had. That's what I say to the guy. I say, uh, so, you know, I need uh, I need an HST number, you know, and an HST number in Canada is when you make over a certain amount of money. And uh, I've never made more than that amount of money with comedy before. So it was a bit embarrassing. It's a bit embarrassing for me to say it to you guys right now, but I'm just telling I suffer for my art, okay? Comics don't make a lot of money. You don't do it for the money. Maybe the people in the States do it for the money. I don't know. I doubt it. I don't think they make a ton of money either unless they're super famous. We do it for the nookie. The nookie. Anyone else? Limp Biscuit. No, we do it because we love it. Even though we sort of hate it. Like I did a set the other night. Oh, what's going on? Still doing great having a popsicle. Oh my God, my little boy. Look at this kid. This is amazing. I'm going to write amaze balls. All right, amazing. I'll try to be an adult here. Amazing. He was just, oh, I was getting in his way. Getting in his way. Oh, my wife is right. We should have done this long ago. No, I don't think we should have done it long ago. I think, like, it's, if you got kids out there or you and they're young, 
or you uh, you're, you're about to have kids, I'll say this. They change quickly. All right. Like when it seems like they can't do something like my boy, I think up until the age of, I say, two years and four months, there was no way we could have done something like this. He was uh, he wouldn't, you know, make eye contact with kids his own age. He just he was he was really upset when there were other kids in the room that were his age. And all of a sudden, the last two or three months, he's just turned a corner. And I was saying to my wife, I think he can handle it, maybe. You know, maybe that's wishful thinking on my part, but look at this. Still doing amazing. So what are you gonna what do you so if you're out there and you're worried, you're like, oh, I got a I got a six-month-old and they're not crawling yet. They'll crawl just overnight, one day. Oh, he's not speaking yet. He'll just randomly start speaking in full sentences. You know, I don't he doesn't seem to show enough confidence. Well, well, just give him time. Give them time. These people, people put too much pressure on the fucking kids these days. That's why they're all, they all have that test anxiety. Like, I can't handle life in school. What am I going to do? So, yeah, because we've been like drilling in their head, get better, do everything, learn the alphabet. I was watching this fucking Facebook video yesterday my wife was showing me, and uh, this kid, he can read. He's Sam's age, and he can, like, sound out words and read. And he said, um... Only after 12 months of lessons. Like, 12 months of lessons. The kid was two and a half. You know? So what's that? 24 months and six is 30 months. So 12 months. So at 18 months old, you were drilling lessons into his head about how to read. You know, let the kid have a little bit of fun. Let him be a child. Let him run around. That's why we didn't put him in this Montessori program so early. We still, who knows? We might go into a Montessori a bit later. We'll see. But we just didn't want his life to be so regimented. You know, life gets shitty enough. You know, when you're old, you got to protest large corporations to try to get your measly, meager sum of money back. Which, yeah, that's what I was saying with, with the HST number. I, uh, I'm finally going to make enough this year where I have to tell the government about it. You know, that's what I was saying. I said that to to my brother-in-law, Rob, and he was like, OK, here's what you do. You get your HST number. And I said, should I incorporate anything like that? He's like, nope, nope. Just be a sole proprietor. You're fine. You don't need to incorporate. You don't need to do that until you're making like, you know, six figures and shit. And I'm like, oh, or I was like, oh, well, no worries about that, my friend. And then I hang up the phone with him. And literally, I find out six hours later, just for laughs, is taken like 75% of my salary. I'm like, well, went from the best year I was going to have to regular old year. But now that we've got it back, man, oh man, this is it, guys. It's a new day. You know, what we have is we have have a son who is adapted to daycare perfectly, just like I predicted. Oh, I was so sure he was going to do great. I, I got my job back. Basically, I got that new tour that I've signed up for. I'm still not allowed to tell you about it because we haven't officially signed the contract. It's going to happen in September and October. That's going to be great. So that is going to contribute greatly to my income this year. Got my residuals. Got my royalty payments. Going to have a new baby. Trying a new diet that seems to be working. My tongue is changing color. 
You know, you guys don't need to know this, but my tongue has been white my whole life. Every time I go to a naturopath or a chiropractor, they're like, yeah, yeah, you have bad stomach issues. We can tell by your white tongue. I'm like, yeah, I know. I could have told you about my stomach issues before you insulted my tongue. Thank you. But it's turning pink. It makes me think that this diet might be working. Oh, and I'm in ketosis. I didn't tell you that shit. But yeah, I got the pee strips. You buy these strips and you pee on them and it tells you whether or not you're in ketosis and you're burning fat. So, um, wait, they gave him a popsicle? No, that's okay. Uh, I'll go in there and tell him, um, I know you're running your business, but uh, does he need the sugar right now? It leads to bone loss, okay? I should know. I'm in ketosis. Now, I'm not, and once I get it, and and even if this works, I am not going to be preaching at you guys of what you should do. Never be one of those people. I'm just telling you what I'm doing and and why I'm doing it and maybe why it's working for me, you know? Burning fat, losing my gut. I tell you what, it couldn't have come at a better time because I was getting a, just quite a beer belly. Very surprised that I was getting one, never had one my whole life. And now, burning that fat right off, baby. But when I go back to the fasting diet, I think I'll still have some beers, right? I'm not, I don't want to take away all my fun. But right now, I'm going to gonna do it. And getting ripped, that'll be a nice side effect, you know? Because I'd like... Let, let's have let's be a good-looking corpse at the very least, you know? Plus, when you're in shape, I find people give you a little more, you know? They give you a little more respect. Like, when I used to be in better shape when I was in my 20s, and I just, I like the way people used to talk to me then. I, a lot of bros, man, dude, you know? Now it's like, hello, old man. Can I help you, sir? But if I get ripped... Maybe I'll get some mans and dudes again, right? Like, there was this guy at this uh, drop-in right now. He uh, just happened to sit next to me, so I was trying to be friendly. But he had this fucking, I don't know what kind of coat he had on. I don't know where he picked it up. The fashion show in Milan? I don't know. And he had these designer glasses on. He had these black, you know, fucking... I don't know what you call them. Fancy ass shoes. That's how much I know about fashion. Black fancy shoes. And he had like those socks. He had, and he had these these pants on that were rolled up so you could see the ankles. You know how the, the, the rich people, they think that there's a flood coming for some reason. So they had their pants up. And he had those designer stripy socks on too. And he just looked like a, and he was chewing gum like, like a fucking, oh man. He was just, not my cup of tea. And not, I'm of course I'm a little bit jealous because he's obviously dressed fancy. He's dressed he's dressed well, I'm sure by some people's standards. I think it was a little too much, but clearly he's a man of means. You know what I mean? He has enough money to buy those clothes. I know that much. And I'm asking him, "Hey, how how did your son adjust cuz this is my son's first day?" And he's like, "Oh, I don't know. This is the first time I've been here with him." But uh, he came here about a year ago, apparently. And I think his sister was here uh, a couple years ago. So I'm like, oh, I get it. You're wearing fancy clothes. You're driving your Porsche, I'm sure, with two seats. Because you're not around anymore for the kids. See? Is that worth it? Is it worth it to walk in and look like Johnny GQ when you're not even there for your fucking kids? Oh, my God. 
I went from being jealous of him to getting on my high horse and saying, hey, you know what, buddy? You think you're better than me with your fancy clothes and your flood pants just because I'm sitting here in some kind of, you know, grungy, puffy jacket and and, uh, a Levi's T-shirt and a pair of pants with the zipper down? You think you're better than me? At least I'm here for my kid, all right? Have you? I don't know. I, I think he was all right. Do ya? Go back and fucking do your investment banking, you goddamn asshole. All right, that's it for the podcast. Uh, we did almost an hour. Thanks, guys, for keeping me company during the most difficult period of time in my entire life. Probably for real, you know? Leaving a poor little bastard. Honest to God. The fact that he's done well, oh, this is great. We'll see. My worry is that when we go back on uh, Friday for the next one, that uh, he'll know what's up. And he'll be like, I'm not going to that place where you leave me alone. But maybe if he had a great time, maybe he'll he'll want to go back. I don't know. I'm probably underestimating him. He's such a treasure. That's it, guys. Thanks so much. Talk to you again soon. See you later. Oh, and listen to Channel 168. Whether it's called Just for Laughs or Kind of Laughs, I don't know. But apparently it's going to be all us independent artists 100%. Yet again, we won. Guys, you know, stand up for yourselves. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.